The Mix Room with Genelec. Okay, Carl, Fred, big warm welcome to Headline Radio. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, good. Are you in, so you're in Stockholm today? I yes, I'm in, yeah, I'm in Stockholm uh, at the moment, exactly. Um, are you at home right. rather than your studio, I understand? Yes, uh, I, yeah, I had to uh, had to leave early today, but but um, yeah, I have my studio at the Southern Malm together with my uh, brother Per Fred. Mm. We have a studio called Fred and Fred. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how how Stockholm? Being, I don't think I've spoken to any Swedish musicians over the last sort of two years, and I'm, I'm uh, asking people less yeah. and less about COVID, but. Um, yeah, how yeah, has, I mean, how's things been in Sweden and Stockholm in particular recently? Uh, you mean um, because of COVID or just in general? Yeah, maybe? Well, particularly as we are sort of moving beyond. COVID, well, I, I think I mean, I mean, I think it's it's good. I mean, the, things are really opening up. Uh, has been doing so for a while. Um, I've been to a lot of concerts. I've been playing at concerts as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's great. Uh, I mean, things are picking up again. And um, I mean, Stockholm is a really nice, creative place to be at. Um, there are a lot of talented musicians and composers, and we have a really nice music scene, I, I think. Um, so no, I I, I mean I I've been able to go to you know to see my soccer team as well, <laughs> no, okay. uh, with a lot of so yeah. Um, I mean I, I think it's the same thing everywhere. I mean it's I mean COVID nineteen still exists, uh, but I think uh, a majority of the Swedes are vaccinated, uh, and um, yeah. Um, it doesn't seem to be that. I mean, it, it, it feels like we're out of it right now, um, which is great. And I will finally be able to travel. You know, I mean, this year it's actually actually going to be a, a Cannes Film uh, Festival without a lot of restrictions and masks and stuff. So yeah, I'm going to go there in a couple of weeks. And before that, uh, I'm actually going to LA for the pleasure premiere next week. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking for, I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of new because you've been kind of isolated and you get in a sense, like socially handicapped after a while, yeah. like now you're getting back to it and you're supposed to meet people again. And it's like, sometimes Amazing. you hardly, hardly remember how, how you did before, but yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Who's your team out of interest in, is that a team in Stockholm? I, I confess I don't really follow Swedish football, obviously everyone's heard of uh, my, Zlatan my, my team is, Yeah, my, my team is Hammarby, which is one of the three major Stockholm teams. So it's Hammarby, Aiko and uh, Djurgården. And, and uh, Hammarby is actually um, co-owned by Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Uh, he, he, I think when he was playing for LA Galaxy, he made a deal with the owner to buy into the club because they had a big share in the club. And for that, his team, Malmö, started hating him. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? But it's, it's, it's kind of normal with, uh, with Slatan Ibrahim, which uh, I, either you love him or you hate him, or you do both, I guess. <laughs> I, yeah. I always enjoyed him very much as a player. And uh, 
yeah, I think he's always, you know, in, in a sense, been himself, um, which I think is fairly unique sometimes, especially in the sports world. I guess he's like Cristiano Ronaldo. He's such a character and I guess some people can't relate to yeah. him because they seem like such flawless <laughs> human yeah, beings. I mean, he never seems to do anything wrong, like, ever. Yeah, but uh, of course, I mean, Slatan says uh, a lot of <laughs> crazy stuff sometimes, but yeah, I mean, mm. um, but it's, um, and he can be a bit controversial, but uh, but I also like that about him, that he doesn't, you know, try to, you know, be someone that he's not. Uh, mm-hmm. I can really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to ask you, would you say Stockholm's a sort of friendly city for creatives and artists? Because sadly, um, London's becoming less and less so recently. It's just yeah, more I, expensive. I, yeah, I think it's, I mean, oh, oh, you, you're talking about uh, the, the living costs or, or about... Yeah, like particularly with regards to musicians and artists like yourself, because that's a huge part of being a musician, isn't it? Being able to afford to do what you of do. Course. Of course. But I think we have... Uh, that's always i mean it's it's you, you can always uh be working with music on different levels and um and and, and hence you know have different income um uh, i would say that they're fairly i mean I, I would say it's a pretty good place to be. And um, I mean, of course, now there's more inflation and everything is more expensive. And I, and I mean, the last two years, yeah, aside, I mean, it, it had been horrendous for most musicians. But we had quite good system here, you know, trying to give uh, scholarships and you know uh, stuff to sort of compensate for that for that loss of income, mm-hmm. um, which was great, I think, for artists. Um, for, for both musicians and you know artists and and um and filmmakers as well so but no i there are quite a few jazz clubs quite a few venues unfortunately i, I i'm the, the last um the last five years there, there've been kind of a trend of you know less concert venues um mm-hmm. uh, because we have these like regulations of you know, not disturbing neighbors and stuff. And that mm. sort of have, you know, started to play a bigger role, you know, mostly because there are, you know, more, more and more um, apartments that, that are being owned by, you know, um, people instead of just renting them. And then they start to get more power and uh, they decide, no, that club that's been in the basement for 50 years like it's time to shut it down let's uh, let's have some other business in the building Uh, which has been a bit sad but no i would say in general i think stockholm is a really great place to be you know um, yeah from creative perspective well because just just because um people often talk about scandinavian society being such a great example of um yeah just how to run a society and i'm just i just assumed that you know musicians etc would be happy within that model as well, no, I'm talking yeah, about I several mean, countries, not just Sweden here, obviously Norway and Denmark as well. But um, yeah. yeah, I think you know there are always pros and cons, pros and cons with or, uh, pros or cons with, with every mm-hmm. <laughs> with, with every society, you know, with every every country. And mm-hmm. uh, I think we have, I, I think we have stuff that really works, and um, 
Um, and then there are always, you know, room for improvement in, in different sectors and in different ways of, you know. Um, I would say, I mean, I would probably say like the, the biggest problem, probably worldwide, is how you kind of value music or culture. Uh, sorry, it's my coffee machine turning off. But um, <laughs> um, and that kind of that that's something that I, I think most musicians and artists and composers, I mean, have to deal with every day. Just kind of, unless you're you're like a, a superstar, you kind of have to kind of remind people of your worth <laughs> uh, mm. a lot of times, and uh, it's it's always I, I I don't know, but I think that's in general. I mean, Sweden Sweden is not not ex, no exception from that. I, I would say um, I think. You know, we, we, I mean, and that's, the, I mean, it's a part of being a musician, artist. You, you have to struggle a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Not, nothing comes for free and you, you have to constantly, you know, just keep practicing, keep, you know, creating and, 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 you know, in a sense, prove your worth. And, uh, but, uh, I mean, I, I've always, when I started out, it could be more as a musician, you know, it could be more like, okay. I do it for this uh, because I want more, you know, gigs in the future. But, but that doesn't, you know, that, you know, you, I, mean, I mean, I do it for less or something. Uh, but but that's like never been a functioning model because um, because when you turn it down, because you know, you, you have to reach a certain level to be able to also to say no <laughs> to to. Um, uh, that I think that's um, yeah, but that's the way mm. it is. But uh, no, of course, of course. Now, nowadays I work, you know, really hard together with my brother, um, uh, and uh, you know, just to really try to get the best deals possible, and you know, and to, you know, trying to show like what 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 what's the what what's the work work worth and and, and so on. Um, not just for us, but for for the, for the for the people we are delivering yeah, to, course. you know. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, Cole, just to introduce you properly, I mean, I guess in this interview we're mainly treating you as a film composer, but you're quite a lot more than that, aren't you? Very much a multidisciplinary artist. We just and obviously a studio owner, as we've touched. Yeah. On. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've been um, I've been playing music most of my life. Um, uh, I studied uh, music in yeah both in England at the Royal College of Music, but also in Havana, in Cuba, as well as in Stockholm. And um, then I worked for several years just as a or just but but as a freelance uh, uh, musician and uh, arranger, composer, and such. Um, uh, played with different groups, and uh, then about. 12 years ago uh, I sat down with my brother on Christmas Eve and he was moving back to Stockholm from Gothenburg where he had studied classical composition whereas I've been oh I mean I have a classical sort of ground or like classical education but but he took it a bit further and studied classical composition which I I've never done I've I've studied a lot of 
different in instruments and arranging techniques and but but mostly within mostly within jazz and pop music um and so we sat down one christmas eve and he was moving back and we said like we should you know form a platform together of sorts and we we uh, rented a small studio which slowly grew uh and uh we started to take on commissions uh together and we just realized that we really complemented each other uh, in you know with different qualities um and um and we had a lot of fun we still have a lot of fun uh, and um mm. and so i mean for the um, for the past 12 years i think we've you know written the score for like 25 films or something and uh, as well as uh, uh, several tv series and um as well as other works and 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 my brother is still composing you know on commission for different orchestras and i i play with various groups and artists whenever i get a chance and whenever mm. i have the time in a sense nowadays um and um it's everything from um kletzner you know jewish festive music and um, um to you know um, I have a salsa band where I'm, I'm a member of a salsa band. We've been playing for 20 years and we tour all parts of Europe and the world. Um, and um, so I write music for that. And I, <laughs> I, I'm in this um, a jazz group called Platina Jazz where we uh, do jazz adaptations of uh, anime hits. Japanese anime hits. So we we we, we released. Um, eight albums so far i think um and uh and uh normally we go once a year to japan on tour but now it's been quiet for two years but yeah so i i did mm. a, a little bit of everything and then i you know write arrangements for different artists and and um and i produce for different artists and i i think what what's been you know appealing for me and what's been really fun with writing music for film is that I I sort of get to write in a lot of different genres and um, you know kind of always being able to push myself further develop more as well as you know getting I mean getting to use all the different skills and in a sense that I you know build up during the years Mm. Um, and so that so I, I think uh, it, it's no score is like the other and um, in this instance with pleasure I, um, I I did it myself not together with my brother uh, like I normally do because uh, he was tied up in another project uh, with a commission for a symphony orchestra uh, and, uh, and I, I was really I really wanted to do this film. I, I thought, like, when I saw the first cut, I was, like, blown away of uh, the take that uh, Ninja, the director, did take and this female gaze, um, uh, like, by, you know, by using the female gaze, sort of exposing the male gaze and the patriarchal structures in society which i thought was genius <laughs> and uh mm -hmm. yeah and 
sorry, I just um, kept on talking here. I don't know if I no, answered no, your question. No, <laughs> no thank you. It's always better when people give really short answers, and I'm trying to <laughs> drag more info. Uh, how was um, your experience at the Royal College of Music in London? Because I'm just, I'm just quite jealous. Really, you've got the Royal Albert Hall right next to you, and once more, oh yeah, yeah. I had a friend who did the film music masters there, and we were going to the Albert Hall for a concert, and he like snuck me into the canteen for some cheap dinner before we went in. I just yeah, no, this must be at, really at, cool. at, the, at the RCM. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or at the, yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> I was I was um, I was only there for a year. I, I was mm-hmm. planning on being there for four years, and I was there as a classical trombone player. Um, uh, and uh, I had the most fun year, like one of the most fun years of my life, and met a, I'm, I'm tons of beautiful people and and uh, really talented musicians. Um, but I. I think for me, it was a bit too conservative in a way. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, because I, I, I think, and that's part of me as a musician, I've always been, I, I always had like a really broad uh, taste in music and, um, and I've always been curious in, in, in different genres. And, and I never really wanted to limit myself to only do one thing if you know what i mean i i think when i was you know when i started you know playing music and really decided on that i wanted to do it for for the rest of my life when i was you know a teenager i um um i had both this vision of myself you know being a classical like virtuos trombone soloist as well as being a jazz mm-hmm. musician playing in, you know, smoky jazz clubs in Manhattan, as well as, you know, playing in a grunge band and, uh, <laughs> you know, mm. being the lead singer in that. And and I, I did all these different kind of projects. And, and then when I started Royal College of Music, I had all that kind of expectation of life that I want to do. And and uh, and it was, but with Royal College of Music was really, you know, set into you know, training me or like training me to become a classical like orchestra player. And that was like really, and I tried to fight against that for a year um, and, you know, try to do as many other stuff as possible, play as much much jazz and, you know, uh, but um, but I think in the, I mean, just as an, an, an example, I mean, the, the, the teachers were great and we had, I mean, I have a lot of, you know, stuff in my library in the back of my head that I learned uh, during that year. And, um, but it was also kind of really strict in a way that didn't really suit me. Um, it was dress codes for the concerts. Um, there was signs in some of the pianos in the, you know, in the rehearsing rooms stating like, not to be used for jazz music, <laughs> oh and uh, uh, and and uh, in, in that sense, I, I felt after that year that I, I, when I went when I went home that summer, I was thinking, yeah, I'm going to go back in the fall. But then I started, you know, dreaming of sort of an alternative to that, and uh, I was really set on. I had this romantic idea that I wanted to go to Brazil and study bossa nova and. <laughs> And samba and mm-hmm. stuff, and I, but I couldn't find um, 
a way into I couldn't find a good school. I, I didn't, you know, when I was trying to research it. But then uh, some friends of mine uh, had just been to Cuba for a year uh, in Havana and studied at the 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 uh, not the Royal College, but the the, the conser- mm. conservatory in in um, in Havana, and they were like really thrilled about it. And 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 uh, another friend of mine was going, and he's percussion player. And I didn't know anything about Cuban music, but I was really into that adventure of like you know just letting go of everything that was familiar and just try something new. So so I took a sabbatical from the Royal College of Music uh, and went to Havana. And that was, yeah, that was probably the most fun year of my life. And uh, I, I learned so much there as well, not just, you know, about music, but but about life in general, I would say. Um, and, um, yeah, and uh, I, I went there. I didn't know, you know, I, I didn't know a word of Spanish, but, um, you know, you, <laughs> mm-hmm. you have to learn. Uh, but it, it was great. So, and then I, when I got back, I was like, Am I returning to Royal College of Music? No, I don't think so. And um, and then I started at the Royal College of Music in Stockholm instead, in the jazz program, and which I think suited me very, very, very well as well. Um, mm. Yeah, I can't imagine that being a problem. Is it because it's in like the poshest part of London and so like yeah. state and tradition and everything and. Yeah, but I think it's you know kind of um, those you know ancient. Um, uh you know you know um institutions uh where they have i mean prince charles is the head of the school uh and uh, mm-hmm. he comes once a year and then they elect you know different students to dress up in tuxedos and stand in line and greet him as he comes and and i mean and i, I i'm all for traditions in a way but but um i'm i'm a little bit you know when it comes in a way of like the creative part of and the fun part of music, it sort of, you know, clinches within me. And, uh, but, but, uh, I mean, I have nothing, I have nothing ill to say about, to say about the school as, as a musical institution, because it's a great, it's a great college. It's one of the best in the world. It, the, the teachers are great. The students are great. Uh, it's more about, you know, kind of the structure around it that sort of took away some of the fun uh, for me and for me music mm. should foremost be fun <laughs> otherwise i could do something else you know it's um it, it 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 has to be fun and creative and um yeah that's uh, that's the mm. main thing for me but i know from my friend doing the the film master the film music masters they'd have hans zimmer and michael price people like that coming in to talk to the people yeah in the course and these are not composers who just want to recreate mozart and bach on the big screen, do they? They no. obviously draw influences from rock and pop and jazz and everything. So it's interesting, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I, I I remember when I went. I, I mean, I think we, we we always take you know different paths in life, of course. And I, I mean, at the time when I was at the Royal College of Music, I wasn't I wasn't even thinking in the lines of like me one day composing film scores. Um, yeah. I I I could really appreciate a good film score, and I could really. And I, I remember having a friend uh, in the same uh, dorm, uh, dormitory, uh, like in the same hall as me, and he was studying film music. And I sat in, and I actually did. I mean, I remember him doing some of you know the, his um, his assignments, and he was you know scoring a 
you know, like Mickey Mousing, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Mickey Mouse. And and I remember it was really fun playing, and it was really fun, you know, sitting there and watching the screen and all these different techniques. And he he was a really cool guy and really talented. And I remember, and he was also so into film music, and was like really, it was really inspiring, you know, just sitting with him. Um, and uh, but I mean, I I didn't I, I didn't realize that I wanted to, you know. Uh, doing film music until I was finished with all my studies <laughs> and uh, in a sense and then, then I was like yeah but do I need to enroll to film score do you have all the tools that it, you know it takes and in a sense I believe that yeah I mean making music isn't always about the education you have or you have gotten mm-hmm. it's it's how you kind of use it <laughs> um, yeah. uh, to create. Um, and um, I mean, it's been a lot of learning by doing, but uh, but I think that's maybe one of the best ways to go about it also. Um, no, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, so breaking into film scoring, how did that come about? I'm presuming you started off doing Swedish films, perhaps? Is it, I'm, maybe I'm just assuming... Yeah, yeah. I we started up actually doing some like um, educational films for Swedish television, and uh, and then uh, we we got this uh, TV series uh, that was you know on prime time Swedish television, and that was really like the first major work we did um, in that sense. And then sort of, I mean, it's also. When composing for film, there, there's always I, I I know I often get that question, but like, how do you get to do it? Uh, who who should you talk to? And and it's always you know about getting that put into the door, and then mm. and every time you you do it, you try to do the best you can and try to have good relations you know with, with the with the creators and and i i think that's how it started we 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 uh, we started off doing one thing and then that thing led to another and uh, then you know this editor kind of contacted us about um, some films and we did that and then another producer that we knew uh, was doing like a finnish co-production and we we did that film and and then we had yeah we had some ambitions and so we 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 um, contacted some we always went to Cannes Film Festival as well to get to know people and and I, I think that's the most important you know um, no one's going to give you a job unless they know who you are or mm-hmm. <laughs> know you know and so I think that's really important to meet. Uh, people and I mean, as musicians and or especially composers, you sit in your studio. You you uh, you're kind of in your cave all the time. You have to get out of it and um, and and meet people. Um, and I think you know, and after a while, you you know, you have done so much, and some things you're really proud of, and some things you're like, yeah, like. Looking back, I, we could have done this better, or I could have done that better. But but um, but I think that's you know that's the way <laughs> it works. You you always have stuff that you 
feel you can improve. And uh, but I, I I think in a sense that yeah, we we got to know more and more people, and people saw you know the the work we did, and were um, you know liked what we did, and so yeah. But that's how it started, really. That we just you know formed the studio and we started talking like what would what do we want to do and we were like yeah film music and we had this um friend who was doing these um, educational films and then that led to another thing and and here we are today in a sense yeah i mean that's the classic thing not being able to handpick projects so early in your career but yeah i'd love to hear about what what were your kind of favorite early projects the ones that you felt really um set you up for because obviously we're going to talk about you working on the film pleasure um yeah i'd love to hear yeah. which ones you felt were the most important films oh, or which oh, other projects oh, oh, that, the early work we did yeah, yeah. um um uh, well I would say we did Concrete Night. It's a Finnish film. It's a really beautiful film. And, and the score for that one is like really minimal. We haven't released that soundtrack. Uh, it's basically just two violins and they are um, using various techniques, playing them, like blowing air into them. And, and uh, But it but it sat very well with the... It was, it was filmed in black and white cinemascope and it's like the cinema cinematography is like beautiful work and it was like and and the sound uh, was also great so we it's almost like the music and the sound were just you know intertwined you couldn't always tell what was music or just you know sound design uh, but that's uh, yeah that's a film I'm, I'm quite proud of um then we did these like crimes of passion films and I got to do a lot of jazz for that the jazz music I'm still still uh, really happy about and then but you know that was six films like six feature films as a series um, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, some of them were really like were fairly good and some of them weren't that you know exceptional <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah and um, what more yeah, we did this uh, documentary in 2017, and uh, Shine, uh, but we were also like nominated for Gullbugge, which is, uh, well, the Swedish equivalent to the Oscars, I would say. Um, and uh, that was also kind of a jazzy score, which I'm really I'm proud of. Oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Carl, so Pleasure looks like such an incredible project. How did you... Um... How did that come about in the first place? I'm sure we sort of biting their arms off wanting to do the project, I'm assuming, because it looks incredible. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, um, uh, yeah, I, I heard about this project pretty early on and I was like, oh, that sounds like a fun project. <laughs> mm. But uh, And I, I've worked with some of the producers before, um, but uh, we, we never really, really got the question, but we, we got it quite late in the process. There were... Uh, I think they had, you know, troubles defining what maybe um, what direction they wanted to go musically, and uh, and um, then the producers. I and I know I I know Ninja just you know briefly from before having met her, you know, around in the film, you know, business, uh, mingling at parties, etc. <laughs> but uh, and but but uh, we. 
the producers approached me and my brother about doing the score, uh, and um, we had a meeting, uh, and uh, and uh, then I watched a raw cut of the film, and I was just, um, yeah, I was blown away by, you know, what Ninja was trying to do and and how she did it, and and I really, I, I really. I, I really liked that idea of, you know, and I, I really liked how the film made me react and feel, you know, uh, just from watching that. And uh, I said to my brother, we, you know, we have to do this. Uh, and the only problem was that my brother was at, at the moment, uh, uh, he was commissioned to do an orchestra, you know, symphony orchestra piece. And, mm-hmm. And he had a deadline, and it, it it really didn't suit his um, schedule. And so we decided that uh, I would do it by myself. Um, and uh, I mean, of course, my my brother was um, always there, as, you know, as a as a ball plank. And um, we we I, I mean, I had a lot of conversations with him as well. But but I was you know the one composing the music and talking to Ninja uh, about. You know, and you know, um, trying to build that universe, like the, the sonic universe for the film, um, and uh, yeah, that's that's how it came about. I would say. Yeah. So, would you normally do you usually co-compose with your brother, and sadly you weren't able to on this? Occasion. Yeah. How was that? Did that feel like uncharted waters? Yeah, it felt like uncharted waters, but it felt like a really it, it felt like a really um you know a good challenge for me uh i i i mean i really like working in teams and i think if you're mm-hmm. if if you're scoring for film i mean you're already working within a a, a big team uh um mm-hmm. making film uh but i always felt you know that and maybe that's because i'm a you know a basically a jazz musician <laughs> at mm-hmm. heart and i always i always uh, like when things bounces back um and uh, for me just sitting composing by myself and you know trying things out myself and you you know can always come to these you know moments of doubt when you're like is this good is what am i doing here is this uh but i mean i could still you know I, I could still lend my brother's ear and um, um, for that as well, but but I, I, for me it was like really something, yeah, special with doing it on my own, and um, it became my own baby in a sense, you know, and um, making those creative decisions, um, and uh, in a sense it made me a bit more free, I think, than mm. when you're in a team as well. Um, uh and um yeah <laughs> sorry i don't know if i no, no, answered course, your yeah. question yeah no totally um can you just talk through the synopsis of pleasure it's very much uh it's not really a kid's film is it it's, it's safe to no say, it's it? not, it's not it's 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 a uh, it's very controversial in, in the sense uh, i mean um it, it's about a young swedish girl uh who goes to la to uh, become number one in the porn industry. Um, uh, and uh, 
it's we we follow her her on that you know journey uh and it's um in a sense she's a bit naive and you know it's it's almost like a boxing film in a sense you know like rocky or something mm. like she's training and she she's learning and she makes her mistakes and then she gets herself into situations that uh uh, that uh, are very, you know, painful uh, for her, and a bit and painful to watch. Um, uh, and the, the sacrifices she has to make along the way, you know, about loyalty to friends or you know, moral, you know, um, you know, moral like where, where her moral limits, you know, how she pushes them in a sense to. Uh, and justifies, you know, her her choices in her career. Um, but yeah, it's it's. Um, but, but but what's what's so special about it is this female gaze. We always have the POV of Bella, the main character, and um, and um, that gives you know the audience uh, a really authentic, I would say, insight like into the world of porn and on how it's like on the sets and you know what what it's like that industry in a sense uh, and it's also a lot about you know uh, consent uh, what is consent and mm. you know when is no no if it's if you're supposed to say no <laughs> at the shoot mm. um, so yeah but the but I think um um yeah that's kind of the plot of the film um yeah so and the way you've tried to de depict this musically i guess it wouldn't get the royal college of music music stamp of approval because you're, <laughs> you're be kind of opera and hip-hop i'd love firstly how did how was the idea conceived that's such a it's very well we, we were looking idea. i mean the 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 collaboration I have with Nina was really was a really fun collaboration and and she had tons of ideas but she she wasn't really she hadn't pinpointed down anything she wasn't you know oh it's it has to be this music or this music and when and I was very much playing around with different ideas at first and I mean first we talked about the cello as kind of the voice for for Bella and. But then we also, I mean, Ninja wanted this epic score, um, mm -hmm. in a sense, and she wanted um, the music, uh, in a sense, to uh, to be a character of its own. But al always, you know, in the in, um, I mean, I, it, it should. I mean, the music should almost be a statement in itself. Uh, she she wanted a special. Uh, universe for the film um but it was really important that it wasn't like generic or try to put push emotions or or judgment um on 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 onto the characters or the audience um so i was <laughs> i was playing around with this cello and the first sketches i did I remember playing for her and she was like, yeah, this is too generic. And I just had to scrap it all. And, uh, and which is great uh, in a sense, because um, I, I, I don't think you should be afraid of, you know, 
trying things out and then when you realize that it's not right and then you, you then, then then it's good because you know like okay so we're not going to go down this path we have to find something else um and uh and, and, and we started to to talk about because Nina was also you know playing with this you know the sounds of the female body like breathing or moaning or uh in sense to find that voice of bella and um we came to talk about opera in a sense but we also talked a lot about um kind of gregorian chants but mostly about this um um uh, must have been 13th century maybe composer Hildegard von Bingen who, who did mm. these um, uh, did this music for non-choirs in a sense so it's like very sacred and, and and that was also like something we talked about a lot was this you know the harlot versus the Madonna uh, having mm. a hell you to have those um conflicts or juxtapositions against each other uh, and and uh, and uh, so i i i called this uh, opera vocalist uh carolyn gentile that i've worked with before that me like on on, on other projects and uh she came in and we tried out a bunch of different stuff and i played played it for nina and she was like yeah this is this is exactly it and i, I then i just tried you know what would happen if I, you know, put this together with like a trap beat, <laughs> you know, a hip hop beat, yeah. and it's something really special happened with that. That that clash became very interesting for both Ninja and me, and um, so I started to, ex, you know, explore that more. And um, um, yeah, that's how we got there. I think. Um, hmm. So yeah. And, and- in terms of the film, how did you execute the idea? Because I'm guessing there are moments in the film where the music can be more at the forefront. You can have the big soprano vocals and yeah. Rapping, but um, I'm guessing the, the, the film also called for the more kind of underscoring background kind of moments as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and that's what's so special with the film, in a sense, also because it's, it has so many many layers and... Mm. Ninja wanted to say so much with uh, each scene. Sometimes I was like sitting with her and saying, "Yeah, but you want to say this and this and this and that, and maybe we you could choose like two things." <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. and I let's hope that the audience gets the rest because. Yeah. But, but th- th- then it was also very important not to have you know a, a judgmental music or something that pushed emotions, but rather just um, something that that was that. You know, was within Bella in a sense, uh, and um, and um, um, the. I mean, it's also so many you know storytelling techniques within the film. It's, I mean, in a sense, it's social realism. Sometimes it feels almost like a documentary, and then it has these you know, you know, ele- you know, elements of dark comedy about it and you have these elevated scenes in slow motion and 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 these seductive you know scenes like almost like music videos in a sense um 
and th- that of course made it challenging and uh but f- very fun to score um uh there are i mean some of the pieces i wrote i didn't you know i didn't write them to to the picture i was just you know uh or i would say most of the music i didn't write to pictures i had you know different scenes in mind mm-hmm. then other scenes i you know I really sat down and scored from you know from the beginning of the scene to the end um and you know had this um yeah, I had this uh, vision of how it would be. Um, but also, I mean, working with um, working with uh, Carolyn uh, Gentile was such a treat because she's she, she's like one of these rare classical musicians that also, you know, she has a really open mind and she has a very good ear and she can improvise and and uh rather than working with uh, uh rather than working with sheet music i could just you know sing for her what she what she should sing and then i could just layer it and then we, we could you know sort of i could build it i i could use her as an instrument you know as if i would play it myself in a sense um which was uh which was uh yeah uh i think that's a big part of like how the score came to be uh, as it is um 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 yeah that co- that collaboration with caroline was great um um sorry did i answer your question um, yeah absolutely um i mean i'm completely sold as i presume alongside the film is the is your music being released Yes, uh, yeah, it's being released uh, worldwide next Friday, the Friday thirteenth. Um, when it opens in the US, and it, it's been quite a long wait for it. We, the, the film premiered in uh, in Sweden last year in, in October. So, um, um, and then it's been you know premiering in, in different countries. And I know not all it, it, it the soundtrack hasn't been available in all countries yet so i'm mm. really looking forward to that um to share you know share the music uh with uh, with the whole world mm. <laughs> uh, that's lovely you got to have the premiere in in sweden as well that's awesome um yeah wonderful um and carl yeah answering you uh, in terms of your studio you i know for example you use genlec uh speakers um do they factor in on this film in particular i presume and yeah i'd love to yeah see yeah. How, yeah yeah i mean i mean we've been we we've been working with genelec uh for the past 10 11 years um we're really happy about, about them and we used the at50 uh so we we haven't upgraded to the newest um uh models yet but um, i mean we're really i we're really happy about the sounds of the genelic and and, and i think um we, i mean we tried different models as well over the years but uh, like from other brands but uh, no we're really happy about them um i think they're very direct and uh, they, they have a, a clarity that i really appreciate when working with film music because you need to sort of be able to hear all the nuances when you're working and i mean even if you're playing loud or you're playing you know really you know doing stuff that's really um what do you say um 
re- really subtle, s- subtle yeah, in yeah. sense that they, they um, uh, I think they're great uh, in general. And I think also, I mean, I, I, we, we normally, uh, or we, we recently had uh, a renovation in the studio. And so we had to borrow another studio and I was working with a, a different pair of, of monitors and uh, and it, it's it was really hard working like that because you you're i mean you you get used to uh, uh you, you get used to what you know the reference of how things sound and and uh, i i really like genelec in that sense that they're very accurate and direct and yeah yeah i mean have you had a chance to compare them to other speakers much in your and it sounds like they're very much your favorite brand as it stands yeah yeah for sure yeah i mean um and and but but i i think that's also what i was saying it, it i mean you could probably fall in love with with other brands as well and mm-hmm. and i think it's also a matter of like when you're working when you're working every day <laughs> uh and you, you have your set of tools, you sort of get used to those tools. It's the same thing as playing an instrument, I would say. Like, um, you could play on someone else's instrument and would probably sound uh, fine, okay, but it wouldn't be, you know, you wouldn't have the same sensation like when working with it. Like, uh, it would feel like, oh, this something is different here or here. And, and I think... Uh, for for me, uh, you know, working with with film music, and you know, I need all these nuances, and I need to, them to be correct. You know, I need to know what I'm listening to. I think Genric is uh, really really good for that purpose. Yeah, because I guess the way film music's gone, so many scores are now these absolute orchestral electronic hybrids. Right? Yeah, so you've got um, so much low end, you know, bass paired with cellos and double basses and exactly you, know, yeah. you can have like high strings and vocals so but do you find yeah genelec suits that purpose really well do you find yeah i think so yeah and i mean we, we have a subwoofer as well or the sub um speaker from from them as well and, and mm-hmm. i mean then it, of course it's i mean how you what what how how your how well your studio is prepared you know um, or prepared like like the, the acoustics mm-hmm. in the room and and I think every everything you 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 need to find your sweet spot. You need to find you know what works for you, and um, and then once you know that, then you know also how the room will react. And um, we have two different studios. Uh, we have two studios, and we have the same speakers in both both rooms. But but the like the room acoustic is slightly different, mm-hmm. and so we tend to go in and listen in the other rooms you know for reference uh then for me it's always you know listening in the car you know or in or in just you know apple you know Mm. headphones um and that doesn't it doesn't matter what what project you're on but then also when you're you know mixing for film or composing for film then you often i mean when you mix the film you're normally in a cinema mix and there sometimes they have kind of these horns like um different kind of speakers speakers that normally yeah. have in, in, in theaters uh and um and that makes stuff with a with the sound as well so 
um, you always have to kind of think about that or compensate for that or or then or or fix it in the in the music mix and, and like in the final mix um yeah absolutely yeah. But the, yeah but i think for composing and and also i mean i write so many different types of music i mean we did a score three years ago which was now only a big symphony orchestra and uh, choir and electronics and you know working with that score and the score we did after that was a tv series with only 80s music 80s you know pop music with a lot of synthesizers and and to be able to you know rely on the speakers to do you know that kind of different stuff as well as you know as well as uh, pleasure where it's uh hip-hop <laughs> it's uh, you know and, and it's um you know this choral music as well and to, to to be able to trust the material and to trust that it actually sounds well uh i yeah um that's really nice with the genelix i feel safe yeah of course mm. oh carl thanks so much and just to finish with kind of a two-parter question i guess how's the rest of the year looking i know maybe there's some top secret stuff you can't tell me that, but, um... <laughs> yeah well there, there are a couple of projects um lined up that i can't talk about right now mm. and uh, right now me and my brother are scoring uh this uh, a swedish film uh, about uh, a single mom whose biggest ambitions in life is to be become a great mma fighter and uh mm. and uh, kind of about that contradiction of being a mother and you know it's she's not she's not a very good mom <laughs> in a sense uh she tries to be but that conflict uh, is uh, sort of what the film is about um well, and has that, um, that film got a name sorry oh it's called amina mm-hmm. uh, no it just sounds really cool yeah um yeah so we're we're um, we're about the month and a half away from from final mix on that and uh, uh, yeah, then we have some. Hopefully, we're going to do this um, animated film, uh, which is really fun. Write some some um, songs, you know, more like a D- Disney thing, which really suits me as well because I r- love writing songs, and lyrics, and, and um, it would be something completely different from from um, from uh, pleasure, of course. But, but um, mm. yeah. Um, I kind of yeah. <laughs> like that because on to my final final question I just yeah I guess it's the classic question for film composers like um, especially with someone like yourself you've done all these cool Swedish films and Pleasure very much fits sort of edgy indie film kind of mode, especially with Neon distributing yeah. it I suppose but how how do you would you would you want to keep doing these kind of films or say if Marvel knocked on your door would you be keen to do no, some I, I'd love to do a Marvel film, and and mm. and but I also love doing you know art films or you know art art house films, and, and mm. I, I think I I hope to be at a point or like together with my brother fairly soon where we can say like, hey, yeah, let's do this project, or no, let's not do this project, or and, and to mm. be able to pick and choose even more, but but, but I don't think that just as in music um, where I don't 
uh, I don't have my favorite genre in a sense. I, I and and that's what I find so rewarding uh, working with film music. That every film need. I mean, every film needs its own universe and what what components like what musical components that is and you know the journey and the the, the exploration uh, finding that and then creating that universe it's it's very special and whether that would be an artist film or uh, a genre film or a, a marvel film or I, it i think it would be equally fun, but could, but it's you know different different um, different universes, and uh, that's always fun <laughs> to explore new universes. Um, yeah, of course. I really like that creative uh, process. Um, no, amazing. Yeah. So, like you said, pleasure. The film and the score comes out this month. And um, did you want to plug your band? Sorry, is that available online? To listen to as well. Sorry, your and your, of course you're in your bands as well. Did, oh yeah, I mean, you, where, where can we listen? Yeah, to you? You, you can listen to Calle uh, Real, which is which uh, mm-hmm. is uh, which is yeah, it's the uh, Royal Street uh, in Spanish, mm-hmm. and uh, the and Platina Jazz. You can also look for um, amazing on Spotify. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I don't know how you found time to do it all, but congratulations on <laughs> everything. And um, yeah, Carl, thanks so much for talking to me today. It's been amazing. Yeah, thank you very much, Adam. Yeah, yeah it was no a pleasure. Thank you. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.